Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to this uh, new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today I'm receiving uh, Leslie Greenwood, who's from Revenue Collective. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah, how are you doing? Doing great. It's a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. I think it'll be 70 degrees and I will spend the rest of the afternoon working on my patio as usual. That's really nice. I'm actually in Mexico right now. Uh, which is not too far from Texas, from what I understand. And this, yeah, I can totally understand that working on the patio in, uh, in November, it's a very good uh, feeling. It is definitely a very good feeling. You should definitely do some work outside on a patio or a beach this afternoon. <laughs> exactly, if you can. A lot of my uh, listeners are in Berlin, and they definitely can't do that right now. <laughs> it's too cold. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Leslie, can you maybe tell me a bit more about your background and career, who you are, what you're doing, uh, and present yourself to the others. Sure. Well, um, like you said, my name is Leslie Greenwood. I am currently the VP of Member Success at Revenue Collective, which is a community for revenue-based leaders um, that started in 2016. Um, before that, I've held a variety of roles, and I think it's almost cliche now when someone in the sales uh revenue area says, I took a very long and winding path um, to my role, but that is 100% true. Um, so I've done different success jobs, um, ran a retention department for a company. I had my own business for 10 years that I started when my first daughter was five months old. And so I had a baby on one hip and took a PO number on, with a crayon and wrote it on a diaper um, with the other hand. Um, and so I, I have I've done a lot of uh, a lot of different things, and uh, all landed me right here. Okay, nice. A, a, a personal question, actually. So you started this this business, like, uh, and you, you you kind of run your business for ten years. Uh, what got you to actually uh, move and and you know just like stop doing your business? Well, I had my it was I was a solo practitioner, so CEO and everything, and um, yeah. I had three kids during the time of the business. So I, you know, there was no uh, person in charge of the trash or taking orders or selling or anything. So it was me, and it just it died a slow death. It was time um, for it to to wind down, and um, I was ready to move on to the next part of my career. But it let me be home with my kids while they were young, yeah. and um, and all of that. So I really enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I totally, totally understand. I'm also a solopreneur and uh, um, there's a lot of automation, a lot of things we can work with right now, but it's just like, it's so much work. And you said you're the CEO and you're the best and worst employee at the same time. And so it's a, it's a ton of things to do. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely something, I mean, congrats on making it for 10 years because that's, that's really not easy. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, can you, you know, tell me a bit about, uh, you told me you were a director of customer success and you retained 
uh, $6 million in a business that was making $70 million, so almost 10%. Um, and you told me, you know, when we were talking and, and brief, uh, in the briefing that you, you know, it was um, the type of contracts you were having were very specific. So can you tell me a bit more about this experience? Sure, sure. The, um, it was actually my first startup um, experience. And um, I came in as employee number 25 and uh, worked my way up from answering the phones um, all the way up to uh, director of retention and then moved to Texas to take on a VP role within the company. But for that retention role um, and the company itself, they were a big believer in no contracts. So we were um, tasked to earn their business every month, which meant that if you were dissatisfied for any reason um, on day 31, you could give me notice. As long as you gave me 30 days notice, you could be out and that would be your last bill, never to be seen again. So oh. it was a, it was a, it was a challenge. It was a challenge, but uh, you know, we put some good processes in place, and uh, I enjoyed the challenge a lot. Okay, and so, so like, uh, because I admire this kind of a mindset, but obviously, there's like serious consequences whenever you have to. You're responsible of retaining revenue. So, how, what were the kind of, of tactics and strategy you were putting in place to make sure? Uh, people just don't don't leave every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we're very, it was very customer focused to begin with, um, very relationship based. I think um, if you ever read much of what I put on LinkedIn or, you know, talk about, I'm very, a big fan of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that was one of the things that we used to retain clients. So how it worked is they would come in and they'd put their notice in, they'd come to my team, um, we would engage them. And a lot of it was just, you know, retraining, figuring out what their challenge was. Sometimes the challenge was not our software. It was their business model. And so we actually spent a lot of time like coaching people how to run their business, mm -hmm. not just how to press a button. So we were really more into the why. And so we spent, we called it remediation. Like we were kind of like a halfway house. So you quit, you came to the halfway house, you hung out with us for a couple months, and then we'd go put you back in the, uh, the general population. But um, yeah, so it was, it was very intense. We'd spend maybe weekly calls with member, with clients for upwards of two to three months where we were having, mm -hmm. you know, that type of um, remediation, of course, lots of follow-up, um, you know, good tactics. And it was really reselling the value of the product mm -hmm. is a lot of what we were doing. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. Cause I think often, you know, when we said something, we assume that our uh, customers understand everything and they know every kind of feature like we do. And often we, we forget that they just like don't. <laughs> and so you have to, as you said, just like re-explaining how it works uh, can, can, can really help them, yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not just how it works, it's why you should work it. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody can teach them how to press a button or what button to push, but it's the, why should you push this button? What is the result of that button push? Like, how am I going to increase your business? Um, save you time, make your life better by doing that. And that was really getting to the heart of the matter and the why mm -hmm. in helping retain those clients. Okay. And, and one thing I've noticed actually, whenever I was working with a, so I, I worked to, I, with a company called Applause and that was one of my first, uh, my first tech sales job. And uh, what I noticed is I, I had to take every, of everything because it was for the French market and the company was from the US. And, uh, and the problem is, so, you know, like yeah, there was a lot of churn and a lot of times people were just like really annoyed uh, during the contract or for something. And I found it was the best upsell opportunity to have like people who are really not happy with the service 
and being there, showing up and really solving it for them. And then they had this kind of renewed, renewed trust and they, they wanted to spend more with us. Did you experience this kind of thing too? Absolutely. I mean, like taking those, um, mem- those customers and turning them into raving fans was the thing that like I love the most. So how I think about, actually, I think about this even in my current job, but I don't have the, the challenges that I had with that job is like mm-hmm. every client comes to me and they're a Rubik's Cube. And the Rubik's Cube is all messed up and it's a huge puzzle in there. But in order to get to the Rubik's Cube, it's actually under glass with a lock. I have to actually get the glass unlocked before I can even get to the Rubik's Cube. So that's like, how do I get them to talk to me? How do I get them to engage with me? How do I get them to tell me what the real challenge is? Because what we would find is they'd present with, I'm just not getting value. I, uh, It's not working for me, which isn't a real isn't a real answer. Um, And so it's like getting them to engage with you, get that first glass unlocked, and then you can get in there and dive in and solve the Rubik's cube. And for me, I love that challenge. That is like the thing that like kind of makes me excited. I mean, you probably can tell my voice. I'm like, that's the thing that makes me excited. And that's how I, you know, you can turn that person coming from who maybe even at that point, irate. um, And then you listen, and then you think strategically, and then you get them to engage, and then you start working on solving their problem so that eventually that they'll go out and be a, a raving fan within the community. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm sure you would be really good at escape rooms where you have to find like a way to uh, open a padlock and then, you know, it's like, a, that would be a really, really fun with that. So, yeah. I, I actually do like those a lot. I'm kind yeah. of terrible at it though. So, <laughs> but we've done that as a family quite a few times. Yeah, for me, like escape rooms, I'm always like, I, I really, I just, I'm simply, my brain is not made for that. So uh, yeah, I've done a few and I was like, yeah, I'm just the useless guy in the corner, like complaining. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my husband. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. So you, you, you said my uh, employer current role. So um, you actually like, you have a really nice story because you, you uh, joined Revenue Collective and so you joined in the uh, beginning of 2020 as a member and suddenly you became not a member, but like uh, you started working there. Can you tell me more a bit, a bit, a bit about that and how it happened? Um, yes, I would be happy to. So in January, I was looking for a new role. So I was moving on from that retention role that I had been in and been with that company um, through um, through an exit. And um so I was looking for a new role. I'd found a role that I thought I liked, um, but it lived in the sales org and I'd never lived in a sales org before. Um, I'd always sold, but not actually like been in that position. And so I'm like, what is this SQL, MQL business people keep talking about? I don't even know what they're talking about. So I better figure out how to figure that out. And um, as part of the, um, as part of the, um, interview process with another role, I actually um, met a gentleman who's now the co-chapter head of Dallas. So I'm also the co-chapter head of Dallas chapter as well. Um, And he presented this great deck, all of the information. They gave me the deck, so I'd have to make a deck. 14 hours later, I've made myself a 30, 60, 90 deck. I become a member of Revenue Collective. The deck came from Revenue Collective. It's one of our templates. So um, 
so yeah, so that's how I got introduced. And then I became a member and, you know, I just started doing what we say to do, which is give to get, and I'd interact and I'd answer a couple questions here and there. Although I will tell you, I totally had imposter syndrome. I'm like, what am I doing in this group of like highly amazing people? Like I can't answer any of these questions. Um, and so I just had a few conversations. And then um, one day I was in the the uh, success channel and someone was asking about how do you make the role between sales and CS better? And so kind of like answering a couple questions. And of course he wanted to talk about clawback because um, why would a VP of sales be in the success channel if they didn't want to talk about clawback? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, well, can you jump on a call? And turns out he was in Ireland. Um, we had a great conversation. Um, and it was the one thing that like connection to, mm -hmm. that we had, the, the way I was able to help him, even though I at first felt I didn't have anything to give to people. And that feeling that I got from that, it was like, oh, I'm hooked. Um, yeah. And so then from there, I, I, you know, raised my hand to be co-chapter head and we've grown the chapter from five to 70 as of yesterday, um, nice. all during COVID. I've never met but three people in my chapter ever. And that's because one I interviewed with, one is a ex-coworker and the other co-chapter head. And um, then in June, I think it was, we had an offside and, and Sam posts in a Slack channel, hey, I'm gonna hire some super junior CS people. If you know anybody, let me know. And I was like, I've been thinking about this. So I Slack Sam and in essence said, I don't think you wanna do that. I think you wanna hire me, let's talk. And uh, you know, five interviews later and uh, some negotiation with Sam, which was, you know, I was definitely disadvantaged, but I reminded him that at the time I was a member. So he had to treat me with member, um, member services. <laughs> so uh, in July 5th, I started my role as VP of member success of, of Revenue Collective, completely did a career pivot to, to join. That's amazing. Really congrats, because I really love the, um, you know, you took this proactive approach of saying you don't want to you don't want to hire junior people and just like go with all the, the trouble that, that, you know, that, that it involves and, and just hire me instead. And, and then you just like, as you said, you negotiated and say, you have to treat me as a, you know, like with a member service. And I think it's really nice. It's really impressive. And, um, and, and, and so it, it came, to, as you said, from this, this uh, gentleman in Ireland that you helped and then you were like, okay, that's what I want to, I want to keep doing. Uh, by the way, you said the word clawback. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Because uh, I think I know what it is, but I'm not certain. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So um, at least in, in this company, um, my previous company. So uh, if you're a salesperson and you make a sale, um, and then the clawback period is the time in which if they churn within that period, then the your um, commission would be clawed back from you. Mm -hmm. So um, in that company, if it churned within three months of sale, then that commission... Um, from that salesperson would be taken away from them. Let me okay. tell you, if they were coming to me under three months, I had salespeople at my desk ready to help me all the time save those members. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. Oh yeah. That's uh. No, that, that, that's really. That's really. I had that obviously clawback. I didn't know it was named like that, but yeah, I had some. That's why I'm not working for anyone else now. I just know, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, you still have customers turning, but yeah, that happens. Um, that's your fault. And so you did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's no one else's fault in, in my case. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, imagine the party that's going to be for revenue, the revenue collective uh, on site whenever people can still uh, can meet in person. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> 
Let's get yeah, we actually, it is going to be amazing. And we actually had, um, we deployed NPS, um, an NPS survey when I first started. And we added some additional questions um, asking people what they would most like. Um, there are the, some of the things were, of course, more one to one connections, um, training and development okay. courses. And then the third largest one was a, a revenue collective annual event. So that yeah. was very high on the list. And I think that if, if and when, hopefully, we can all get together, like that will be amazing. And um, I'll be looking forward to because we used to do that. I mean, Revenue yeah. Collective was an in-person focused, um, you know, company at one point. Mm-hmm. And then we did a huge pivot during COVID to turn everything virtual. And it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that, you had like a, a Revenue Collective that I seen like, I mean, at least from the outside, from what I see, a huge growth. Um, how, how do you explain that? I think it's a, a, a desire for community. Um People, especially now, you know, they're, they're a little bit cut off from, you know, their their support systems or, I mean, for me, I didn't realize I needed a support system. I look now and see the, the benefits that the Revenue Collective members have and re- think about if I'd had that 20 years ago when I was building my career, would I have gotten to where I am now faster? Probably. Um, I would have definitely felt more supported um, in my role. And it's just a place where you can get, you know, answers and support and knowledge, you know, pretty much 24-7 since we have members all over the world. I was just talking to a member in Singapore planning our APAC welcome call, which I will be up at 10 o'clock at night to run for her um, in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's 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 great. I think this, uh, this sense of community is like... Uh... We can see it also works virtually, like uh, not face to face. And um, I think it's also a, a good revelation of the situation in which we are is that um, we can still build uh, very good support systems without, you know, like being physically together. And, uh, you know, for me, something I've experienced a lot where you, you, you build this, this relationship, this rapport with people virtually. And then when you meet them, it's amazing face to face. It's like, You've known each other, and I mean, you know each other, but then, then you get this uh, this kind of like it's just like if you're into this two two dimension world, and then you become a third dimension, and you're like, oh, I know this person, I know how they look, how they smell, you know, and, and then it's like it's 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 so much different. I think it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is going to be like super amazing, and that you know when I think about my journey at Revenue Collective, like there's there's tangibles you know, sure, I have this great new job. And, and so I have like hard ROI on it. But the intangibles, the things that I can't put an ROI on, um, are probably the most amazing things. Like when you get me talking about the relationships I built and how excited I am to go meet someone and, you know, eventually shake their hand or give them a hug or something like, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that motivates me every day to get up and like, go, you know, answer slacks, at three in the morning because I woke up because the dogs um, woke me up and I picked up my phone and I was like, oh, that was a bad decision. Now I'm answering (laughs) slacks at 3 a.m. This is terrible. (laughs) Not terrible for the members, terrible for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, uh, I know about this feeling too. Yeah. And so, um, so about the, um, so you've been in in kind of, yeah, customer success and now you're like, in in, say community success. So what are the differences between these two worlds? Like, uh, um, because whenever you have a customer, I get the impression they feel like uh, they're entitled to a service and everything whenever you're, you still have customers, but it's a community, maybe it's a bit different. 
people have maybe this sense of belonging. So what are the differences in, in between these two things? You know, I'm not sure there are too many differences. Um, you know, I, my, the members, I, I think, you know, I still have to earn their value um, every month. Um, you know, we have members who do annual memberships. We have many members that are on monthly memberships. And if I'm mm -hmm. not earning their value, I'm going to have the same, I'm going to go through the same process that I did with the, the previous product that I sold. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and the way I want to connect with them and the way I want to communicate them, communicate with them is the same. You know, I want to have a meaningful conversation and whether that's through, you know, voice to voice, whether that's through texting, whether that's through Slack, um, you know, or any other method, I still want to know about them. I want them to feel like they know us and, and my team. That's why we're always roaming the halls of Slack. And I tell mm -hmm. people to sit, but come stop by my office because I'm living in there and being in that virtual world. I want them to feel that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think it's very similar. I treat the, these members the same way I treated customers. It's just that my interaction with them um, is more long-term and, um, well, more meaningful too. Okay, okay. Um, one quick question on Slack, because uh, I, I have like uh, I have a Slack with my customers, and um, I find it very challenging to get people to uh, um, start engaging and, and create. I mean, uh, take the initiative to post and everything. Do you have some tips on that, or? Well, I mean, we make it a. I mean, not not Slack is not a responsibility, but I mean, we specifically say that there are requirements of becoming a member, and one of them is time you have to dedicate time. If you don't dedicate time, you won't get the value. Um, and so we're making that very clear upfront, very clear that it's a give to get. Um, Slack is sometimes challenging. Um, I think depending on how you have it set up, like I do a lot of what I call Slack pruning because members are like me and they're like, ah, I'm so excited. I'm gonna learn all the things. And they sign up for 130 Slack channels and they're like, holy doo-doo like this is going off 24 7 and so we'll just we'll have a conversation like where do you want to yeah. go what do you want to get most out of it and so maybe i would say to you is like really talking to your customers and saying hey we've got this slack channel how can that best service you like what information do you want to get from it um let me target that for you so that you're dialed into the places where you can both give and get value the most i mean i yeah. will probably say that 20 times a week like okay. where do you want to go where do you want to go what do you want to get out of it and where do you want to give value as well i mean because that's a that's a huge tenet of revenue collective yeah okay give give first basically and um I've I've seen there's a really cool tool. Uh, have you heard of Guru, Guru? This tool or oh yeah, we we use Guru. We love okay. I love okay. Guru. Guru is yeah. like my fave. Yeah, so. it's so nice. It's so nice because you, yeah, yeah you, you just like say hey Guru. I mean you talk to your Slack and then he kind of like pops you cards and uh, I think it's really great. I think it's just an overwhelm. It's it's like really overwhelming to put all this knowledge in cards. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really cool tool for visibility of content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have so much content. So our content, member-driven content, and we have it built out so that if you drop an emoji on the the guru card or some a piece of information, then um, we actually kind of have like a librarian that will go and turn that into a guru card, so that members can also create knowledge and data that's available for the okay. membership, and happens happens all the time. Okay. Yeah, that's that's super nice. Have, have you read this book called uh, Here Comes Everybody? Have you heard of this one? Mm -mm, I've not. So it's it's a great book. It's um, I don't remember who uh, who who did this book, but it's uh, it's talking about um, what internet enabled 
um, for, for the world in which we are. And, and he talks about the negative and positive. So there's a lot of negative where you have like uh, social media shaming and everything where it's like amplified and it's horrible. But then you have like uh, um, ways uh, like people organize. And then, you know, it's like bypassing this kind of central authorities that have always kind of like uh, uh, defined what we do in life. And so organizing and having these tools that enable information, people to organize and basically do also what you're doing at the Revenue Collective. It's a great book to, to understand all these things and all the potential we have. So it's, uh, and, and this comes to that where people are, you know, they, they are contributing themselves and it creates the knowledge and then it becomes like this collective brain. And then it's so much power, power, more powerful than just being your own brain, basically. I think that I shall steal the word collective brain. Um, because that's kind of how I feel about <laughs> how how I feel about Revenue Collective. Interesting that you mentioned that book. I um, we are reading Leaders Eat Last as a book club um, for my team, and it's you know obviously it's it's quite a few years old. So they're you know they're saying that you can't connect in the virtual world the way you connect um, you know in person or on the phone. So I'm gonna it's gonna be a very interesting discussion to talk to my team when we kind of dissect the book and see like how do we feel about that. And, you know, how has that changed and what parts of the real world can we bring in to continue to make those connections? Um, so it's just, it's really interesting looking at what the perspective was four years ago on, you know, connections and, you know, oxytocin and all this stuff and, and how it's emerged and, and changed in this last year. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. I mean, for me, I see a lot of good things personally uh, out of all this situation is uh, typically for me is like, when there's nothing else you can do, there's no more kind of uh, um, distractions. Uh, then if you're lucky enough to, uh, for me, I feel very lucky and privileged to have my own business. That's the only thing I can focus on. And then I'm like, okay, I, that's my mission to make sure that when I have these distractions, I don't need to work so much because my business is running really well and then I can focus on my distractions. And so that's that's the biggest thing I had. But like, as you said, this kind of, uh, we, we, we crave for connection and we found ways to make it better and to, um, and, and yeah, to still to kind of in this interim time, uh, keep them alive, basically. And grow them. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, my network was so small before this and it's like now it's amazing. And it's not just like I'm collecting people in a network, but like people I know, people I want to go visit when I travel, you know, et cetera. So yeah, pretty awesome yeah stuff. exactly. And, and so coming back to the, uh, uh, the kind of customer success and, and engagement. So, uh, do you have some kind of because uh, I really I really love tactical tips. So do you have some kind of uh, uh, specific tips about making sure people are engaged? Because one thing I've seen often whenever you are uh, signing a 12, 12 month contract, let's say, or you know, just having a, an ongoing relationship with a customer, is that we tend to are to be super hyped at the beginning of the relationship and then it fades, and then we kind of come back and say, hey. Do you want to renew? Do you want to buy more? So do you have tactics to kind of like every day or every week, like make sure you stay engaged and people are just feeling value? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we have, I mean, a good number of initiatives. Um, everything from obviously Slack, which isn't going to be everybody's thing. Um, we have meetups, which are both casual and um, educational. So we try to keep the options very open and we're always coming up with new things so like one of our values is listen closely act quickly and so you know for instance based on that last thursday you know listening to our associates associate community last thursday we launched the rising executives program which is a one-year um basically course 
which will be mm -hmm. lectures and um, oh, like cohorts mm -hmm. and ancillary reading. So it's like listening to them, like really taking time to listen to what they're looking for and then continuing to pivot, which is really the kind of cool thing about being in what I'm considering. I mean, I live early stage startup life. Um, and the nice thing is, okay, I tried that. Didn't work, try something else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm always tinkering with things and whether that's um, content, whether that's a way to engage the members, actually even asking the right questions and how we ask those questions. So, you know, working with one of my team members is, you know, we put a question in a channel and we put four questions and they were mm -hmm. open and broad. It's like, let's try next time one specific question so that they can answer one specific question. So like there are this little tactical things like that we are doing all the time so that we're making sure we're, you know, speaking the language that our members want to hear and then also making sure that message gets to them. So we're implementing, I mean, texting will be a thing and I will be able to text my members in a couple of weeks. So it's like texting, email, call, Slack. So I have to find ways to get to them in a manner in which, you know, they're, they want to engage with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think having you, you, multiple channels really help. And, um, and now there's so much like there's great automation where you can put in place where it really, it really helps. And then when people kind of uh, get in, then you can take over. So I think it's a uh, chatbots or this kind of thing with intercom or drift also really interesting. So that's, uh, that's, that's really nice. And so I have, I have, let's say one final question for you. So what's the, what's the, like, where are you going as, as a, as a kind of like a, um, the member, like a member success team at Revenue Collective, what are your goals for the next six months, let's say? Six months. Well, uh, we've gone from 1000 members to 4000 members this year. Okay. Um, I imagine we'll be, you know, six to seven by you know, maybe six by mid next year. So, mm -hmm. you know, we started this with me and two others and we all pretty much started at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we were new, young, green and, and scrappy and we've added one. Um, I'm adding two more. I'm going to be bringing on like a, um, a learning liaison, you know, to, to as we work on building these courses so that we have support in there. Um, probably gonna start putting in some chapter level member success so that, you know, I have a member success person that's, you know, for Berlin, Munich, Amsterdam, and they are focused on building those relationships so that it's not a kind of a, a blast and splatter, but it's a much more targeted. Um, I imagine by next year, my team will be 10 by next July. Okay. I've gone nice. from that's because we're always, we're members first. So I will always, always have more people than I have in enrollment. And um, cause we're double what enrollment is actually mm -hmm. double and a half what enrollment is. And we will always be that way. Okay. Okay. I see. That's really nice. It's impressive to see uh, this, this growth, you know, it's like, uh, it's kind of a new model, you know, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not just acquiring customers. It's, uh, it's building a community and, and then you kind of like takes a, it, it's one of the best way to source people to kind of like work with you and build it again. I think it's a really, it's, it's kind of the future of how organizations will, uh, will, uh, we work together. So no, I, I think it's really, really, really impressive what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I will say that we have, uh, since I joined, we've brought on two other VPs and they were both members. So a good third of our team are previous members that 
decided to join Revenue Collective. So kind of like what you were just saying, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I love this. I feel the passion for it and, and let me go, you know, change paths. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to join, but I can't. I'm like one of these guys who are uh, the consultant, the coach, whatever. So I'm just like, I'm the big no-no. So, but it's, it's uh, nice. I still, uh, yeah, I still see a lot of yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll support your podcast and um, thank you for letting me come on here and, and chat with you. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really nice. It was actually a really nice conversations, uh, conversation, sorry. And uh, we learned a ton. And, and so if people want to know more about you and Revenue Collective, so where can they, can they find more? Sure. So um, you can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com forward slash IN and I'm Leslie dash Greenwood um, on there. You can also email me Leslie at revenuecollective.com or um, look us up at revenuecollective.com. Happy to, happy to chat. I talk to people about it all the time. And uh, for people who listen to in Europe, it's not just an American community. There are chapters everywhere, Amsterdam, Berlin, everything. And if you really want to, uh, you know, I think there's for associates uh, and executives. So, um, you know, if you're like interested in leadership, I think in sales or revenue, I think it's a great place to go. So, and yeah, I've got, I know a lot of people who are uh, members and they get a lot of value. So I think it's good. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Executive and associate and all over the world. All over the world. Cool. Thanks a lot, uh, Leslie. That was really nice. And I wish you a good day then. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can actually go for a small gift on my website. It's www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. It's my ultimate LinkedIn outreach sequence. You'll be able to download it, directly use it, and you'll be signed up for the newsletter. And every Thursday, you'll receive the latest episode.